welcome. What's going on, everybody? This is Frank, one of your co-hosts from Rep for Responders. Welcome to Season 4, Episode 2 of Inside the Labyrinth Podcast. This episode is sponsored by No Matter What Apparel and Valor Supplements. Both companies are owned by first responders, so let's give back to companies that support first responders. Use the code INSIDE THE LAB in caps for 10% off at www.nomatterwhatapparel.com. All the designs are handmade and made with love. And trust me, I know firsthand because all their apparel fits me and I feel like I can add at least 20 pounds on my PR. Visit www.valorsupplements.net Use the code RFR10, that's RFR in caps, the number 10, for 10% off all their supplements. They have a bunch of different supplements from On, Animal, etc. That'll really help you power through your workout and get your day going. In this episode, we had Andrew H., a U.S. Air Force veteran, competitive strongman, and he just competed on NBC Titans game season two. If you want to hear a story about resilience and finding your way, this is the story. We'd like to thank Andrew for coming on the show, sharing his strengths, experience, and hope, and really getting down. Make sure you follow Andrew because he's just getting started in his strongman career and he's really going to make some noise. Again, thank you to everybody who's been listening and tuning in. You can find me at reps underscore four underscore responders. And you can find my man Jay at the real Jumpman Jay on Instagram. And again, thank you for everybody who supports the Rep for Responders mission to increase the emotional survivability and physical survivability skills of first responders and military on and off the streets so they can make better decisions and live a great life. And always to prevent suicide. Thank you, everybody. Enjoy the episode. And if you have any recommendations, please feel free to reach out to us. Have a great day. We're live. Inside the Labyrinth Podcast. Season four, episode three, episode four. I don't know. We'll see where it, where it takes us, Jay. But uh, I'm super excited for today. Uh, last episode, we had obese to beast on so yeah. can't wait for you guys to check that out john was a great dude uh inspirational story so that was a great episode um but today before we introduce our guests um you know again i just want to say thank you to all our listeners you know thousands of downloads and uh it's been a great journey with you jay and you know thanks again brother for taking being a part of this and being my partner and you know, my, my battle warrior through this labyrinth and getting things done. So as always, kick it over to my man, Jumpman Jay. Uh, how's it going, guys? Uh, it's the real Jumpman Jay. Government name, Jason Lacayo. Uh, I just want to thank you, Frankie, for allowing me to be a part of the process. Oh, you know, we started this uh, kind of on a whim, right? We had a friend in common and, you know, he suggested that, you know, we get together because we kind of had the same mission statement. So, um, you know, Thank God for that, because, you know, we're here now. So I'm um, very excited for today's guest. Um, we have a friend in common, and, and when and when I told her that she was going to be, uh, that he was going to be on the show, uh, she was stoked. And, um, you know, watching the show, 
kind of made me like put a lot of things into perspective, man. I'm like, there's a lot of strong human beings out here. And, um, you know, you, you don't realize it until, until you watch a show like that, where, where you see people do these, um, these acts of fitness that are kind of outside of their realm, so to speak. So, um, I was very impressed with this guy on the show. And, um, when we were able to lock it in, um, you know, I kind of lost my mind a bit because I was like another great guest that Frankie locked in again. So, um, I'll kick it back to you, Frankie, so you can you can introduce our guest. Awesome, Jay. Uh, yeah, I actually had the uh, the, the privilege to uh, to meet this guest last December at my first strongman show ever, and really cool dude. And we were just talking and cracking jokes and everything. Really strong and funny. So I'm going to introduce him as Andrew. I'm going to choke. I'm not going to say his last name. I'm going to let him do it. So Andrew, <laughs> what's going on, buddy? Thanks for coming on the show. Uh, it's How all you good. <laughs> Andrew Hannes. But uh, as, as you know, you go through life, you, you know, Andrew Hanus is what people will read. So I'll be it. I'll, I'll take either or. Hanus strong. That's right. Yeah. Buddy. So, so no, go ahead, Frankie, set it off. What's, what's going mm -hmm. on, man? First, before we start going through your labyrinth, just want to see how you are today, man, where your feet are right now at this present moment and how's everything going for you? Uh, yeah, you know what? To, today's actually been a pretty good day thus far. Um, my feet are planted on the ground, thankfully. Uh, uh, working from home during a lot of the, uh, you know, pretty much since the beginning of this quarantine and happy to be working, grateful to be working. Um, but yeah, just taking it day by day, training day by day, uh, counting my blessings day by day. Yeah, man. That's a great way to live. Um, yeah, what was uh what was life like pre quarantine? Pre quarantine, yeah. So um, like, just give us like a day in the life of uh, of Andrew Hannis pre quarantine. <laughs> well, I don't know. Um, we'll probably get into it later, but you know, I just moved up to the, the Philadelphia area last summer, summer twenty nineteen, and okay. so you know, following my wife up here with her career moves and actually locked down a job, took a while, but locked down a job at community college here in November, December of 2019. Okay. So really only had a few months of, you know, that work office life before quarantine kicked off and changed it all anyway. So, you know, it was, the, it was the standard eight to five. Um, and then, you know, you go to gym and then, and then you, you go, you go home and you, you grub and then you hang out with friends on the weekend, train on the weekend, uh, your basics, you know, and gotcha. then quarantine hit and uh, yeah, we stopped just going into work. <laughs> oh man. That was just such, such like a weird time for, I think a lot of people because oh, I don't yeah. know if anyone was even prepared for that. Um, I know a lot of places kind of had to adjust on the fly um, mm -hmm. only because, you know, we kind of heard it coming, you know, coming down the chain of command, right? It was like, all right, you know, it's in this state, it's in this state, and then people were making the adjustments. And then eventually each state was hit with whatever restrictions in the beginning. And then um, shortly after they started to lift restrictions from, like I said, from state to state. Um, yeah. I know for us, it was like, it was kind of a madhouse because, you know, we were considered a hot zone, quote unquote. So um, the death toll was extremely high here. And it was when I'm talking about you'd go outside and there was nobody outside. Yeah. 
Times Square, usually 24 hours a day is packed. I remember walking through Times Square and it looked like um, the movie I Am Legend. It was like nobody wow. out there. Um, how was it like around where you were at? Well, like, was it so was it like desolate? Was it was it busy? At first, um, you know, it was interesting because we were the first county that was shut down by the governor. Uh, okay. I'm in Montgomery County, PA, and we were the first county shut down. And oddly enough, the this is this is the county in the state that has the highest pharmaceutical companies per capita. So just the density of pharmaceutical companies and think about all the marketing and the salesmen um, who travel around the world. So I think we had a increase or we had at least off the get go, we had a higher number of cases, which caused for concern, of course. And so I think that's why they shut us down first. But I, I mean, within the following week, Philadelphia County was shut. I mean, it, it was just kind of, you know, domino effect. Um, and it really wasn't as crazy, minus the toilet paper, but um, <laughs> no, it, wasn't, it wasn't that bad because where I'm at, I'm like, I'm on the edge of, I mean, it's suburbia. I'm on the edge of, you know, cornfields, one direction, and then city, the other direction. Oh, okay. And so my wife, she works in public health too. And, uh, you know, we just kind of, we just kind of hunkered down for the first two to three weeks, didn't really do much. And we got used to used to ordering um what are they you know groceries through your phone i forget the name of the apps but like that yeah, yeah, yeah. we just persisted like that for a few weeks and honestly i've got you know i got a garage gym got everything i needed in there so i'm like all right well we don't really need to go anywhere i mean i think i think uh, at one point i counted it was like 48 days that we didn't put any gas in the in the car at all because we didn't go anywhere oh wow yeah that's that's got to be a record for me. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah, I forty-eight days at bro. one point. Yeah, I'm just, we're not driving nowhere, nowhere to go. We just stayed home. <laughs> wow. That's so crazy. yeah, yeah. Just a lot I, of I don't money. think I think the longest I ever went was like five days without putting gas in the car during that whole thing. Forty-eight oh, days wow. got to be a record. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, because car state, dude. Hard. We, you know, we still had to go to work, so it was like. Right, right. Yeah, with us working from home, it wasn't that bad. Um, I got nervous. I'm like, man, I better go out and at least let the car run for a few minutes. Here and there, yeah. sure it's still alive. Up. Yep. <laughs> like, Andrew, come in and ride me. Don't forget about me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that is crazy. Well, we're glad you made it. You know, you're here, you know, and uh, yeah, I, exactly. I saw the, the gym that you have. It's kick-ass and you're able to train. And that, yeah. that's the thing. I know. Me and Jay, myself, we were able to train during it um, for the most part. So I felt, you know, mental health-wise for people that couldn't, it's just, like, terrible, man. It's mm -hmm. like, you know, imagine not even going to the gym for 48, 48 days oh, and not going in your car for 48 days. It's like, what do you do, you know? Exactly. Uh, yeah, that's where, you know, you have to have sympathy because even I have a lot of my, my peer competitors, you know, in strongman sport and just, you know, my, my friends at, you know, here in local at the uh, local gyms, who they don't have anything at home, uh, you know, they're trying to get creative and find new ways. And a lot of them, you know, they're not touching barbells, they're not touching kettlebells, they're doing all body weight stuff. Um, and it, you know, it has an impact, especially if you're a competitor uh, and, and have those goals. So it's like, you know, you gotta find ways to get around it. And at the same time, 
having competed for so long in, in a variety of um, these fringe sports, I, I try to convey like, you know, it's also a blessing to have this period of, of um, kind of retreat on your yeah. body because it's helping, you know, your body normalize your body to heal up you to focus on other things that might be more important like core or you know cardio health like heart health um even if it is you know a different mental game gotcha exactly yeah it's uh i like how you said that word like retreat you know uh as in mm -hmm. you're able to reevaluate everything and you really get to see yes. kind of what training is to you and your, what your life is to you, you know, and, and yeah. really glad you said you brought that up. Mm -hmm. We're going to, we're going to jump back a few, a few years. Uh, we're going to jump back some years to how Andrew was in high school. Um, you know, where you grew up in high school, uh, how was high school for you? Did you play any sports and kind of the overall, you know, your overall journey, uh, through high school? Yeah. Um, Youth sports was very interesting for me. Uh, honestly, I really, I mean, I played sports. I, in high school, I ran track. I was a sprinter uh, and um, a jumper, uh, not a high jumper, a long jumper, um, and did ran football or played football. I was the, since I was fast, I, it's funny because I used, I used uh, football to stay in shape for track, whereas a lot of athletes use track to stay in shape for football. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I mean, I was a sprinter and that was just what I liked and what I enjoyed, but I never really got along with a lot of the coaching. Um, maybe I had an authority issue back when I was young. I think I definitely did. <laughs> Way too many male um, figures in my life trying to tell me what, what I should be focused on, how I should be focused. And it just made it all very muddy, which is why I never really stuck to the sports, all stuck with sports all the way through high school. So by my senior year, I had withdrawn from all sports and, you know, wrestling, I wasn't doing anymore track, even though I was great. Um, you know, I'd gone to state championships. I was like, you know, I'm done with this. And football is just kind of like, it's a joke anyway. It's like, I'm not that good. Coaches don't really care. You know, they just want you on special teams or defense when they need somebody fast to get down the field. Like, so it's like, you know, this underappreciation, I, I don't know. I just didn't feel like I was going to do anything after high school with the sports. So I just, my senior year, I just focused on uh, the one thing I enjoyed, which was art class. I think oh, wow. last, last year of high school, I had, it was more than half a day I spent in the art room. <laughs> that was it. Uh, you know, so just kind of playing with my creative side and, you know, that was the year I started to, I started packing on some weight. I was pushing 180 when, uh, I graduated from high school and then okay. right thereafter, you know, went into community college and started working full time with, uh, I kind of, uh, I dropped out of community college and then, you know, kept packing on the weight. And at one point, uh, you know, I moved to Houston for a job. And actually, when uh, when I was in Houston, my mom got sick. Um, so my mom was living in Alabama at the time. I was growing up, you know, I graduated from Ohio. And so my family, you know, we moved around a lot when I was young. But my family's from Ohio. They're, they all are in Ohio now. But we actually lived in a, a small town called Fort Payne, Alabama uh, for a little bit. I went to kindergarten in Fort Payne. 
uh, when I graduated high school, my family and my little brother, they took my little brother, they moved back down to Fort Payne for a bit. That's when my mom got sick. Um, she had developed breast cancer and she was at a very detrimental stage with that. Um, so family moved back to Ohio. I, I left Houston, went back to Ohio as well. And that's where I was kind of like, what am I gonna do with my life right now? You know, like I'm not in school. I, you know, I, I don't have a full-time job. Um, I step on the scale and I think it was the most I ever was in my life was 212 pounds. I'll never forget seeing that. And I was just like, mind blown. I was like, I'm 212 pounds. Like, wow. You look in the wow. mirror and you look at the pictures and, you know, I just didn't really, I never had that even at the age of 20, I think I was yeah, I'm probably about 19, 20 at that point. Uh, didn't really have that connection to exercise and nutrition that the education that a lot of you know people start out the gates with and so i mm -hmm. kind of started to change the way i eat uh, and that was the first step was like all right watch what you eat stop eating fast food and that was step one um and about the same time my buddy he reached out to me he said you know hey like i'm probably going to join the coast guard or something like that you know i'm going to go start talking to recruiters and I don't know what it was in me that was like, you know, let me go with you because I don't want you just signing up. I, you know, I love my friend. I'm like, man, I want you just signing your life away. And then, you know, who knows what's going to happen. Well, needless to say, I went with him on like, what, two trips. And then by the third trip, somehow I was signing my, my name too on this dotted line. I'm like, what just happened? Wow. <laughs> you know, so it's, it was interesting. So at that moment, um, me and him had both signed up to to join the Air Force, and we left uh, first week of April in 2009 for boot camp. Wow. So, yeah, so I'll, I'll pause there because I could rant. I could keep going, but. <laughs> uh, you guys do boot camp where? In in, um, in Texas? Yeah, at Lackland Air Force Base. Lackland, right? Yeah, yeah. So my brother yep. was at too. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's kind of cool that you had the wherewithal to kind of be like, all right, let me get my life together. Um, a lot of kids mm -hmm. at that age kind of go either left or right. You know what I mean? You can mm -hmm. make them and, and you made a, a, a positive decision to, 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 you know, get some structure in your life. Cause I kind of, from just listening, it, it seemed like that's what you were, you know, looking to get with some structure um, yep. and, and just try to provide a future for yourself. Um, that's not easy to do at 20 years old, man. Like, cause I know where my mind yep. was at 20. And at 20 years old, that's when I was starting to kind of um, say to myself, all right, listen, you know, you know, 21's right around the corner. I need to figure out what I'm going to do in my life. And I kind of was in the same situation. Um, uh, you know, I had, had a situation at school and, and then I ended up going to, um, to a community college and then I was starting to um, kind of look around me and see like a lot of my friends were kind of doing the same stuff they were doing in high school. And I yeah. didn't want to fall into that like hole. So um, yeah. I kind of, I kind of buckled down and I started taking these, um, these civil service exams. And then um, my dad was in the military. So he was like, listen, take these. Um, he was in, he was in, he was in the military, but he also uh, was, in, was in law enforcement. So he was like, listen, you got two options here. You can take these civil service exams and, um, and you can actually take the ASVAB and, you know, try to put the wheels in motion and go to the military. And yep. I was like, all right, cool, man. So that's what I started doing. I started taking all these civil service exams. And then um, I remember going to a, a, um, 
a Navy recruiter. And um, I legit was like getting ready to sign and NYPD had called me first. No so kidding. I told myself, I, I told myself I had like a, it was like a 90 day window where um, as I knew there was an academy class going in. So I said, if they, if they call me, then I'll go. If, if not, then I'll go to the military. And I got lucky um, because I got the call from NYPD to go in. So our stories kind of sound the same. Yeah. So I kind of, it resonates with me a lot because I, I like, I kind of hear a lot of myself in you when, um, when yeah. you're telling that story, man. Yeah. Seeking that discipline. And, yeah, you know, man. not inadvertently even, you know, you know that you need it <clears throat> and it's hard to identify it, especially at that younger age. But, you know, it's like a little bit of a nudge in one direction can really determine the outcome of, you know, the next decade of your life. Yeah, absolutely. As I, you know, I have a lot of friends that didn't make that decision and ended up going down the, you know, the wrong path. Likewise, and, um, yeah. You know, it's, 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 it's weird how, you know, time, like life puts things in front of you and you don't even know, like you said, inadvertently, you know, you make a decision that, that can impact, you know, um, things several, several years down the, down the line. So, mm -hmm. um, I mean, what about you, Frankie? You, yeah, no, you, I was just about to, I was just about to say, uh, we talked about it on the last podcast, I think it was, or I forgot, it was this season where I said, you know, all these little decisions add up if it's making a left out of your house or a right out of your house or what time you show up to the gym and all these little things that we go, do throughout the day, they start adding up from a day to a week, to a month, to a year. And then you look yep. behind you like, wow, you know, and then when, when shit goes down, you're like, oh, this is why I'm, this is why I'm supposed to be right now. And this is where I am, you know, That's and right. it's, uh, yeah, it, it, it's really, it's crazy. And, um, when you, I, I got a question for you, uh, Andrew, like the, the Air Force, was mm -hmm. it, did you just, was it one of those like, ah, I'm just going to do this? Or did you look at all the branches or you kind of just say, yeah, they, they called first or ah, this is good. I'll just go with it. So there was, there was only one branch that was ruled out and that was the Marines. The Marines uh, yeah. And that was for respect to my mother. She said, just, you know, just don't join the Marines. And I was like, okay. You know, my, especially at that time, my mom was sick and whatnot. So I'm like, all right. Um, and as a matter of fact, you know, when, when we walked into the recruiting office, it's, you know, we, you have every service branch lined up down the hall and each one's got, each door leads to a different recruiter from, for that branch. And it just so happened Air Force was the first door on the right. And we walked in, we walked right into the recruiters and we didn't even feel a need to, to go across the hall or go down the hall to talk to the others because we felt that, you know, even discussing with, you know, amongst each other, like, yeah, I think this sounds pretty good. You know, it has yeah. what we need, you know, you know, benefit wise, you're going to get the same benefits across the board. Really, it's going to come down to, you know, your career choices and what kind of career choice you want to make. Yeah. My, um, my dad was adamant about <laughs> me not being a Marine. I mean, he was a Marine. Um, yeah. He was like, listen, dude, he said, yeah, he said, he said, you can join any branch, man. Just, just leave the Marines alone. And I was like, all right, pop, yeah. you know, no problem. I um, love my devil dogs. Like, those guys, <laughs> yeah. listen, they come, they've gone to bat for me more times than yeah, once. So I have a bunch of friends that went to the Marine Corps and it, a lot of these guys were solid, solid dudes. And mm -hmm. um, just my dad was just like, I guess he didn't want that type of aggression in my life because um, mm -hmm. he, he pushed my brother to go to the Air Force. Okay. And, and, and my brother, um, you know, he, he was, you know, he got a lot of his schooling done when he was in the military. So 
you know, I, I think the Air Force allotted him more time to do that. And my dad was saying, mm -hmm. like, you know, if you go to the Marine Corps or something like that, they're not really going to allow you to get some of those things right. done. Because he kind of knew what I wanted to do. I wanted to, you know, pretty much further my education in the military. So yeah, um, he, he was saying, like, dude, go this route. He's either Navy or, or Air Force. Air, um, and those two, they are yeah, huge advocates huge. for extending yeah. your education. Mm -hmm. I mean, the promotion, uh, the promotion opportunities just for, you know, commissioning, uh, I'm sorry, commissioning opportunities um, alone are, are, I think, more viable in, in Air Force and in Navy, just because that's, you know, a big focus. You are pushed so hard for education, yep. <clears throat> specifically in Air Force, from my experience, that that is the route. If you want to continue to, you know, pursue a higher level of education, or if you want to get a commissioning, it's almost to the point where it's annoying. <laughs> like, like yeah, if you aren't yeah. getting, if you aren't extend, uh, continuing uh, your your academic education in the Air Force, mm -hmm. you're not hitting all your marks on your your annual exactly um, uh, reports or your annual yeah. achievements. I don't even know what they call them. They're not EPRs anymore. But anyway, yeah, they changed the name. Um, yeah. See, and now, so it's great because some of our listeners are are like are are young men, and. Mm. Um, I, I, people constantly reach out to me and, um, you know, they tell us about the show and so on, but it's good that you kind of touched on yeah. that. Cause I think a lot of people, um, don't have, um, a lot of insight to the military, right? So mm. they think, Hey, you join up, you go to basic training and you get, you know, sent to some godforsaken country to, to start engaging in war. Um, so Not it's kind of good to, to hear somebody from, from your aspect that basically got in there and is giving them insight to hey man you can further your education you can do these things yeah. um you know it, it it is a it is a great option for um you know a young person to to take to get some direction and to kind of mm -hmm. secure their future a little bit because the military benefits are are I oh, mean, yeah. super super because you know i come from a military family so i'm part of a you know i i basically was born into a, a um you know, a, a military like bank, you know, I have a uh, Navy federal and USAA. So um, I've had them, I've had them since I'm 18. And I, I tell you this, man, like I've, I've seen my brother and my father like purchase homes and, and, um, mm -hmm. you know, all through the military, you know, it's just, uh, it's a lot of people have, have a negative outlook on the military. Cause they think like, Hey man, like you join the military and you just become this robot, but there's actually great benefits. And it's good to see somebody uh, in, in your position talking about it because you know me and frankie can tell people all day you know law enforcement or military but yep. to hear somebody from your from your line say all right man you know i joined the military and you know it, it led to these great things in my life it just kind of eases people's oh, mind man. when it when they're talking totally. about going to the military you know yeah absolutely and it, that's <clears throat> you know and that's like a really solid point to bring up too you know, it, it, instilling that kind of uh, discipline for, especially for younger guys, you know, I've seen guys at the beginning of their military career, and they really need that structure and discipline in their life. And then you run into yep. them again in five years, and you're like, you are not the same individual. Same like, guy. you are yep. clear, you have clearly matured well beyond your years, just in that short time frame. And yeah, man, I mean, it's worth it. I feel like so many individuals would benefit if they just join the military, even if it was for a short contract, because of the, the structure and discipline that you're getting, the, mm -hmm. the benefits are, I mean, amazing. 
just the GI yeah. Bill itself. The GI Bill uh, itself, yeah, I was going to say that. To, you know, get the VA home loan opportunities. Um, ah, but the big, big, big one, I was talking today, so I work at a community college, so we're ta always talking about different types of academic training and so forth and so on. But one of the big ones that they were talking about today was soft skill training. Uh, you okay. know, how do we do soft skills in a college setting? And you can have all the academic courses you'd like on soft skill training, but you are not going to be able to get to the level that you want um, in, say, leadership proficiency or team building or negotiations if you yeah. don't have the practical experience. And the military yes. builds soft skills like nobody's business and that's what google yeah. cares about that's what amazon that's what all these big tech companies care about and they're looking care for about, they're looking yeah. for individuals with all these soft strong but um strong soft skills associated with whatever experience they might be because you can learn the technical matter later the soft skills can't it's hard it's it's yeah. way too hard to teach that in an academic setting that is such 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 a valid point and i'm, I'm happy you mentioned that um, yeah, man, uh, a lot of kids kind of, you know, they look at the military as like, you know, I don't know if I want to do it. They have, they have a negative outlook on it. And I just love yeah. when I run into people who have, you know, great stories or great insight about the military, especially branches mm -hmm. like, you know, the air force. Um, I have a friend of mine that went to the coast guard and he, he loved it. He got sent yeah. to Antarctica, but he loved it. Like, oh, how cool yeah, is that? Yeah, he was stationed in Antarctica, and he was like, yeah, that was an experience, you know, and that's life experience, you know. How many people do you know that you run into on a <laughs> on a yeah. daily basis that's been to that, you know, you know, have been to Antarctica? So it's like. Um, I only know one. That's how yeah. slim it is, you know. Like, yeah, so exactly. Cool. I would love to go. Yeah, he, and, you know, he loved it, too. A lot of people were like, how the hell did you survive there? He's like, oh, I love it, dude. So, so cool. They probably they don't need Andrew. That definitely broke your record of not using going in the car and or not using the car for the forty six days or whatever. Yeah, in, right. In, in, in Antarctica. Oh man. <laughs> it kind of reminds uh, Jay. Remember we had uh, well, of course you do. Um, we had Alan Thrall in season one, uh, and it was yeah. kind of like the same. I kind of kind of get the same feel where he was lost a little bit. Um, you know, just kind of like the direction on where to go and. He's in community college and all of his friends are going to college and he's just stuck at home and he's just like, what the hell am I going to do with my life? And uh, he did the exact same thing. And, you know, you see how he turned out, you know, a very mm -hmm. successful gym and stuff. And, uh, you know, you're very successful, successful too. So it's kind of like just that little extra bump of going on this path where, uh, and again, you have, which is very sad and hard to say, you guys, you have a lot of guys that come out of the military and they're still kind of just, you know, no direction, nowhere, nowhere to go. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So uh, it's really good to see, you know, you, for example, yeah. and Alan, very positive and where you guys kind of, you know, took your life and everything. Um, so right. my question was going to say, how was the, how was your overall, you know, experience in the military? And when you first, when you first joined uh, the Air Force, were you, were you, you weren't really training yet, like weights, because you said you were a little no. overweight or... You didn't yeah, start yeah. training yet, did you, right? Man, my, my recruiter said, all right, we've got your name on paper. We got, you know, we got your blood on, uh, you know, um, <laughs> what, what do they call it? Your blood deal or whatever. Um, now, now, basically, what you need to do is you need to meet this criteria. You need to drop weight. You need to be able to hit these PT standards before, you know, we can sign off. 
So, you know, that was the first thing. It's like, all right, well, I guess I got to start running and working out in the gym. Um, I went in, I don't really remember much now, but I do recall, you know, I'd go to Snap Fitness and I'd just be hitting everything. I don't know what I'm doing. Like no form, no technique, like no rep team, like just do stuff. And that was pretty much it. Um, Ended up making, making the weight and the PT standards. I even tried out for the, um, my first career choice was SEER. So in the Air Force, that's survival, evasion, rescue, and escape. Um, and to become a SEER instructor, you have to do a pass test. And it basically consists of a swim and a regular PT test. Um, okay. I can't swim. So <laughs> wow. um, when it came, I forget, I think it was just like 800 meter swim. Uh, I couldn't make the swim. <laughs> so oh, damn. I had to go had to go with my second career choice, which was uh, security forces. So I was law enforcement in the military. And okay. in the Air Force, it's really strange how security forces works, actually. So the Air Force doesn't have an infantry. They don't have a military police. Both of those uh, career tracks are combined into one, which is security forces. So in the Army, for example, they have MPs and they mm-hmm. have infantry, they're very separate careers. Okay. Uh, security forces, when the Army, Army Air Corps separated, a, I'm gonna get it wrong, in the early 40s or the late 40s, um, and became the Air Force, Air Department of the Air Force, uh, they, you know, it was a bunch of Army individuals who really started the security forces program back then. And so it was a combination of uh, infantry, type of uh, uh, kind of infantry concentration concentrated uh, career path plus the the law enforcement side of it and that's because there there was a uh, there was a limitation on the number of individuals that the Air Force had right so it's like all right you have to do more with less uh, less people as a resource and over time, it's evolved. Now, they, you know, security forces includes, um, so you have, I can't think. So your basic law enforcement, your uh, combat arms instructors, mm-hmm. um, canine. So I was canine unit, uh, which is, you know, falls under law enforcement. They have um, your snipers are security forces. Um, you have your missile guys, you know, guys who are out in the middle of the, the country station and missile fields that security forces when we deploy or infantry units so our tactical security elements our tses things like that they're all security forces individuals um i mean it goes on and on and on and and then we also do all the training for uh deployment so if even if you're security forces or if you're going to be deploying in any kind of tactical environment you're going through uh you're going through a training where you have instructors that are security forces members. Um, I mean, we have things like our Raven units, our, our 820th unit in Georgia. All of these are these specialized units um, that all yeah. have different missions and the missions reflect the bases. But in general, you know, it's just a, it's a very versatile career field. And depending on where you get stationed, depends on what you might specialize in. And so if I, my first duty station was in North Carolina at Seymour Johnson. And if I hadn't gotten stationed there, 
I may have never become a canine handler. I might have gone somewhere else and found a different career path. Okay. Um, so yeah, I joined as security forces, got stationed in Seymour Johnson. Um, and basically at first day, I, I remember first day on the job, first day, working night shift, brand new Airman Basic, um, or nah, I think I was Airman First Class by that point. Um, getting in guard mount, guy walks through the door and he's got a dog and I'm like, the hell is it? Why is there a dog in here? <laughs> and mm-hmm. come to, you know, come to talk to him afterwards. And, you know, he explains, you know, how it all works. And this wasn't explained to me at all in the recruiting or, or anything. And so it was just all new. And he's like, you know, you should come down to the kennel sometime and, you know, I'll show you around and show you what it's all about. And, you know, for the next year and a half that I was, that was stationed there in the midst of a, of a deployment during that time frame, you know, I went and I, I trained and helped and clean the kennels. So fed the dogs, clean their shit and literally scooped the poop <laughs> out. Um, and then, you know, worked as a decoy. So you put the suit on and basically, you know, you always need a decoy. Oh, so you take the bite. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yep. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it gets annoying to have all the handlers do it all the time. So when you got a young, you got a young airman walk in the door, you definitely put them in the bite suit. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, over time, it helps you learn too, before you even make the decision uh, to go to canine school. So, you know, there's a process of applying and getting approved for canine school, and then you actually go and then you get certified and then you get, you know, sent back um, to your duty station. But um, while I was at Seymour Johnson, I also, you know, I took the opportunity to do so many things. So, you know, continued one credit or one credit, one class at a time. I continued my education one class at a time uh, as I could. It was usually online because, you know, in the midst of a deployment uh, and, and some other trainings that send you around the country, there are just things that it makes it hard to do in person. Um, yep. So I also did so actually i'll start with my deployment i got deployed in 2010 and in the middle of my deployment this was kind of like a big thing that really pivoted my my entire perspective on physical aptitude or physical ability um i got deployed as just standard um security forces individual to uh, do base security it was very very simple and while I was deployed, and as I'd mentioned, my mom had been sick, she had breast cancer, and you know, she'd been going through chemo treatments, but she had also been doing radiation treatments because the, the cancer had, had spread into her bones. Um, and so, unfortunately, in the middle of that deployment, you know, I'd gotten a phone call, not even a phone call, it was like a Skype message uh, that, you know, my mom's not doing that well, that you need to reach out, you might not have a lot of time left. And so, um, you know, took that and ran to my commander's office the morning of, I'll never forget, barged right in. It was like seven o'clock in the morning, barged right into a, a leadership meeting, all the officers around the table. And I said, I need you now. And thank goodness my commander was just at that time, I'll never forget this guy. He was an amazing individual, really helped me uh, do a lot of things. But um he, he sent me home and got to spend the last uh, about two weeks with my mom, which was great. Uh, and then after that, uh, went, went right back to uh, 
to the deployment. So it was very interesting. To, as I learned after the fact, I probably should not have gone back to that deployed setting. And they probably should not have let me go back to that deployed setting, just being in a, a compromised mental state. You know, you know, you just lost your mother. Now we're, you know, asking you to, to carry a weapon and, you know, protect these assets. So it was, it was very interesting that I got to go back, but I did nonetheless. And I think during that time, I had a lot of uh, isolation where, yeah, I've got my friends, I've got my bunk mates, you know, I've got my, my squad that I work with every day to, to talk to, to, to lean on as needed. But I found myself kind of um, reclusing myself and spending a lot of time alone, just thinking, trying to figure things out and, you know, found myself in the gym and didn't know what else to do with my time. Did my classes here on the side and, you know, something between that connection. And I don't know if it was like, I don't know, finding that alternative outlet other than sulking and being unhappy and being miserable while deployed, you know, I think that that connection to the gym really turned itself into a therapy. And that's when I really started to appreciate what I was doing. And while I was, when I, you know, after the fact that I had gone back while I was there, that same commander was still there. He gave me an opportunity because I think before I was a troublemaker and I was, you know, I was already written up for a few things here and there um, before, you know, I had went home. But afterwards, I, you know, I think he had maybe noticed a young, you know, young individual who was in need of a little bit of guidance, who, if given the right opportunity, could make, you know, could make use of it. And so he put me on a training task force with, uh, it was the Qatari Air Force and, you know, helped to train them and teach them a number of things. So um, shoot, move, communicate drills, corrections drills, like the list goes on. And so for a month, I was tasked on this, um, this training force. And that was the point in time when it all just kind of clicked. And I said, you know, being able to be awesome at my job demands me, you know, demands a physical level of, of confidence, not just, uh, you know, the ability to perform well, but, you know, mentally is, um, is also one of those kind of things. So I feel like I'm rambling here at this point. So stop me if I, sorry. No, no, dude, no, keep going. Uh, um, but uh, so, you know, I did that for a month and about Right as that ended, that's when our, our squad got sent back home because, you know, we completed our, our time. And um, so we went back home. And as soon as I got back home, I had an individual reach out because he had saw my EPR bullets and he had been wanting to set up what was called an emergency services team, an EST team at Seymour Johnson, which is like a very, I use this very, word very like very lightly. It's like a, a SWAT team. Um, yeah. But uh, he wanted to create one uh, for response needs that were on base that could also augment off base if needed with local law enforcement. Because we had, you know, everywhere you go, every base, hit, every security forces unit has a good working relationship with the, um, the surrounding law enforcement. Okay. And um, so he, we, kind of created this unit from scratch. I think it was like eight of us to start. And even though I helped create the unit, I still had to try out and, and earn a spot. 
And so it just further thrust me into that physical level of, okay, how do you push yourself more than you did before? Um, and, and yeah, so that was every day changing things up, pushing the limits a little bit more. I would find myself, I'm like, why am I running five miles? I don't know why I'm running five miles. And now I feel like I need to run five miles. I feel like weird things like that. Still zero structure as far, this is the end of 2010, 2011. You know, I still have zero structure in terms of actual training. I'm just training. I'm just going to the gym. I'm hitting random sets and reps, you know. Um, you know, I might have a, uh, a bench day, a leg day, a, a bicep day, you know, <laughs> that kind of stuff where, you know, nowadays it's very different training wise. But um, so, yeah, that kind of continued to push myself physically because now I had a, a, a very strong relationship to being physically fit to perform well in my job. And it wasn't, you know, it kind of continued to progress because now that I'm physically fit and I'm performing well, well, now I want to perform better than my, my peers. And so, you know, it's just that competitive mindset and that, you know, it's a big full, it's a full circle. And so that helped a lot, I think. Um, I had ended up having a really bad appendicitis during the summer of 2011. And that was, I mean, it was so bad. I woke up in a hospital. So that, oh. it wasn't just that, oh, you have to have it removed. It was your appendix has ruptured and ruptured, you have, yeah. you're about to die. I got a scar. Emergency surgery. Yeah. Oh yeah. It was gnarly. So I woke up in the hospital and I'm like, okay, great. Couldn't move for, a, you know, probably better half of like three weeks. You know, they, they cut up in your abdominal because all the toxins have uh, poured out or whatever. They go in with a vacuum and basically sucking out your, sucking out. all this stuff that's around your organs. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I was out for, you know, a good month. And the first thing I did before I even went back to work is it was the 10 year anniversary of 9-11. And so mm -hmm. one of the guys had arranged a ruck march that started in San Antonio and went all the way to ground zero. And they had a guide on that they passed off about roughly every 150, um, 150 miles. One security forces unit would pass to the next one. And so that was the first thing I did for our unit. We marched from, from Seymour Johnson, roughly in North Carolina, up to somewhere in Virginia, 150 mile ruck march. Oh, wow. It's like, you just came off of surgery. Are you sure you can do this? I'm like, I got to do this. <laughs> Who yeah. cares? You know? And uh, that was about the time when I was applying for canine school and no idea what to expect. You know, I'd still been working with the guys, um, still been studying and whatnot, and finally got approval from, from my chief. And she was a canine handler. And I think that my performance, or my, not my performance, my tenacity in going out for that 150 mile ruck march showcase to her that okay he's got some grit um you know he's got you know he he could perform well as a canine handler and so she signed off and i went to canine school came back in 2012 as a as a canine handler um and that's when i got stationed in california actually so i moved from north carolina to california and had a whole new uh kind of lifestyle out there and okay, so as I transitioned from North Carolina to California, at my um, 
I forget what they call that period when you, when you take a leave and you're in transition. But anyways, so I, I took a couple of extra days and I did a bodybuilding show. Oh, shit. <laughs> As okay. I left North Carolina. A bodybuilding show, which I prepped for like 30 days. So I was not, you know, in that peak performance stage that I should have been uh, uh, on the stage. And uh, that's all right, because it, to me, it was my first time. It was an experience. We're learning. So I tried to cut my diet down, you know, cut all these carbs out, cut all the fats out, um, tanned up. You know, I showed up at, at this place not even knowing that I had to get, you know, spray tanned. And they're like, yeah, you, you're going to get tanned, right? And I was like, do I have to? And they're like, absolutely. <laughs> so I was like, oh, all right. Well, this is like, I was learning everything at the, the moment. Yeah. And uh, so that was really interesting. And so when I left from North Carolina, I placed like eighth out of 12. So I guess not dead last. Um, <laughs> but, it, you know, I didn't exactly enjoy I like the posing and the, you know, the physique aspect of it, but I didn't really enjoy the process of it. And probably if I had a coach, I would have a very different mindset on, mm -hmm. you know, reflecting back. Um, you know, I, it just didn't hit like that tactical performance that I like, you know, sets and reps are fun, but I, I like, you know, performing for a different reason. So um, when I got to California, the first thing I did was, you know, I typed in um, strongman gyms that were nearby because I had been doing some strongman workouts in North Carolina with people and, you know, nothing popped up but a CrossFit gym that was right around the corner popped up. So I'm like, well, let me go see what they have there. Uh, pulled in and sure enough, they had a handful of different strongman equipment. They had stones and logs and whatnot. So I'm like, okay, you know, I could, I could train here. It's a CrossFit gym, doesn't matter. Um, so that was my first CrossFit gym. I'll never forget CrossFit Solano. I walk in there. <laughs> And they're, I'm watching, they're in the middle of a wad. There must be like 30 people in this class. And I'm like, what is going on? You know, yeah, my that's first an intense situation to walk into. Oh yeah. My, the, my first experience with CrossFit <laughs> was deployed. They did a last minute, like on the pad, they had a CrossFit contest and I had just eaten jambalaya. It uh -oh. did not end well. It yeah. did not end well. Jambalaya all over the place. Oh, it was. And they were laughing uh. at me, too. So when I was watching all these guys in here do CrossFit, I mean, everybody is just stellar shape. And I'm like, oh, man, maybe this isn't the right place. Uh, come to find out, like, you know, I stuck it out and hung out. And I did some CrossFit competitions with them. Ended up getting CrossFit certified. and oh, sure. But I okay. really used it. And I think the, the gym appreciated you know, that I brought this power, you know, I was also doing powerlifting. Sorry, I jump all over. Um, but I was doing powerlifting competitions and strongman. And so I brought the these two di different types of fringe sports into their domain. And it was really useful for them. And so it's like, okay, well, now that you're, you're a coach, you, you know, you can teach strongman classes or powerlifting classes for people that are interested. And so, you know, I started teaching and training people there on the weekly and it was great you know i was doing the programming uh, for individuals that were interested in it and that was kind of the start of my coaching um and at the same time i was still getting coached you know i had individuals who were training me and teaching me on how to become a better power lifter and how to become a better strongman and this was all 2012 um so yeah it was 2012 
I did my first bodybuilding contest. I did my first powerlifting contest, and I did my first strongman contest. So it was a it was a very busy year for me. But you know, and all while moving to California, so it was, it was huge in terms of like, okay, here's what I can do outside of my job with all of this fitness. You know, mm-hmm. um, you are the typical definition of a hybrid, man. You got yeah yeah you know like what? jack of all trades, man. You've got to be to some degree with, you know, especially with regard to what your career demands of you, you know? So, and, you know, being a canine handler at this point in time, you know, I had a different set of physical standards that I had on me. Not only am I carrying my gear, but I'm carrying my, my dog's gear now. And sometimes, Hey, you got to carry your dog. Right. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you know, there's a whole nother type of, of physical demand that's placed on me that thrusted me even further into becoming, you know, more, um, yeah, that into that hybrid fitness, I guess, mm-hmm. uh, where CrossFit helped a lot because you got to have that cardio strength. Like if you, if you don't have that, that ability to, to, I mean, if you can't do, there's, yeah, I'm so frustrated with, with the military's PT standards. So, you know, run a mile and a half, at least for the Air Force. The Army, it's two miles. Do your push-ups and your sit-ups. And, yeah, I know it's changing, but I feel like there's so much more that needs to be tested depending on your career. And so, yeah, Army's taking a good, good – they're taking a good uh, approach to their new standards. Um, but, you know, unless you take some ownership, you know, you really – yeah, you can, yeah, you can kind of let down team members, I feel like. Simply said, yeah. like, you can let down team members. Yeah, me and Frankie talk about this a lot, too. Um, they should make it more, um, it should be like a job standardized test, not so much like a, you know, like a Cooper where you're running a mile and a half and you're doing the push-ups and sit-ups. It, you want to do some functional movement that is yep. um, relatable to your job title, your job position, so. Um, I constantly talk about that because, you know, that standardized testing doesn't really apply to what you do on a daily basis. So you would Mm -hmm. want more functionality, um, you know, in your, in your workouts or in your standardization of, 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 of tests. Um, cause I, you know, I'm, I'm a CrossFitter, um, but I came from like a background of, of like bodybuilding, but I did a lot of compound lifts. So. Uh, I was one of those guys who came in and had a great uh, baseline for strength, but my mm. cardio was trash. So, <laughs> um, you know, it, it, walking into a gym thinking you're in shape, you know, is one thing. And then you get, you know, thrown into the middle of a workout and, you know, yeah. I'm in the corner, you know, heaving my guts out because I didn't have the, the cardiovascular baseline. So, uh, man, yeah, cro- I bet you're like CrossFit. Kind of just like me, you're, you're really good for like three to four minutes and then you burn that's out it. real quick. That's it. Yeah. And, and, and in the <laughs> beginning, that's how I was. It was like, you know, maybe a four to five minute window of max effort. And then after that, I would just fizzle out. So, yep. you know, having, having that, that, that experience where I was, you know, in these Metcons and I was kind of noticing that, Hey, I'm not good in that. And that like 10 to 12 minute window, let's start to work on, on, on our, um, you know, cardio baseline so right it helped me tremendously as a police officer but in life too mm-hmm. you know like just being able to you know i always say there's a lot of people with with show muscles but they they don't have go muscles Boom. and um you want to be like able it. to you know you 
you want to look the part and you also want to be there you go frankie flex on That's them right um you know you want to be able to to look the part but also be functional man and um i learned that through crossfit and then you know i had friends that were doing powerlifting, so uh, i did a little bit of powerlifting, and then i you know i met frankie yeah. frankie introduced me to strongman and strongman is i mean so applicable to to da just win. daily stuff you know it yeah, he reeled me in, man. He brought me. He's like, yep. "Hey, man, come upstairs." He's like, "He's like, you know, you know, come up to my place. We'll have a, you know, we'll uh, we'll, we'll do a little bro session. We, you know, we started throwing down uh, the log and, you know, sandbags yeah. and and uh, he had me pick up a stone, which I was terrified. I thought I was gonna crush my toes, but <laughs> um, you know, Frankie's a Frankie's a a, a great coach, man, and uh, you know, he kind of just walked me through it. And yeah, uh, that's awesome. I started. Yeah, that's it's good. just. It's 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 great that you mentioned that stuff, man, because I think a lot of people don't understand that um, you know, having a a, a good um repertoire, being versatile, being able to, you know, do the bodybuilding, do the do the powerlifting, do the strongman, and maybe mm -hmm. dabble in a little cross it, it you know, it won't hurt you, man. It's just it, no. it'll only make you better, you know? Yeah, yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Just about to say, Especially just about to say career wise. That. Yeah. yeah. The uh, well, there's a few things I want to hit definitely, especially what Andrew said. But since we're on this topic, uh, yeah, I think the whole PT test is an absolute joke. Like, you know, that you know, that meme when you put start putting the clown makeup on and everything, like, what you like, and for NYPD standards, like, a mile it's a mile and a half, and mm -hmm. I think it's 14 minutes and like 21 seconds. Like, come on, really? Yeah, like, it's the 50th percentile, first so. of all. Well, when are you ever going to run a mile and a half in full mm -hmm. uniform on the street? All right. Like you think about it, like an intense job could be like a domestic on like the third floor, right. Yep. Of, of apartment building. So you're not going to take the elevator. You're going to, you know, get out of your patrol car, put it over the air that you're 84, that you arrived, you know, you're going to go open the door and then you're going to run up the stairs and then you're going to start doing, you know, your entry or whatever you have to do. Okay. So now look at that heart rate. That heart rate's probably like already at 140 beats per minute, you know? So mm -hmm. you, there needs to be a lot more testing, like not as long as like 14 minutes, but a type of high intensity training interval where you're doing all these things. And then when you try to put uh, cuffs on someone, that's not, that's like an all out strongman event right there, dude. You know what oh, I mean? Like man. that could be over a minute. And you know, after one event, like it, it's funny because the conditioning stuff is, you know, you might be able to kill the first two events, but when you get to event like three, four, that's really where, you know, ev everything starts to build up, you know, and all, you know, your conditioning wise, the your lactic acid, everything, man, like, are you going to be able to push it for four and five? Yep. And like, that's the thing is like, don't get me wrong. Like having a great mile and a mile halftime is good, but there's a really big difference between going all out for two to three minutes compared to that mile and a half and those push-ups. So guaranteed. I don't yeah. know. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm just, I'm just a guy who, who, who did it. Like we all are. <laughs> no, we're totally guys who right. did it. So it's like, uh, you know, and, and we, myself and Jay and probably you have all been in situations where uh, we thanked our training, you know, because yeah. if we did train, uh, right. not only on the street, um, but also how you hit it before, like you really hit something. First, I want to say, I'm, you know, sorry for the loss with your mom and being so courageous thanks. and honest with your story, because oh, thanks. when you, it brought me dude back to my own personal life. When you said that you went back to your base and, you know, I'm not, obviously I'm not a doctor or anything, but you know, 
you were like some signs and symptoms of depression, you know, where you're mm -hmm. talking about, I'm around my friends, I'm at work and you can still feel so isolated. And yep. that's a huge um, relation that people can relate, especially uh, who's an addict, you know, an alcohol, uh, mm -hmm. alcoholic or a drug addict where you can have all these people around you and you still just feel so alone. So, you know, mm -hmm. I look at everything as like a square where you have that support group, right? And you have your eating healthy. And unfortunately, if you have to take medication for a little bit, you do, but then you also have your fitness and they all connect. You can't really do one out without the other, but it kind of, you really found yourself more and you're able to grow when you started to hit the gym. And that was a key component where, you know, having that support group is great, but moving and actually, I guess this is going to sound like very hippie life, you know, feeling the energy in the world around you and, you know, kind of no, like reminds me of Dra Dragon Ball Z when they're in the hyperbolic time chamber and everything and they're really just training and, they're, and <laughs> like becoming one. Slows down. What, you know that. what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah, exactly. And that's, man. that's like such a huge key component where, you know, I just – it, 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 it upsets me because, and it doesn't have to be CrossFit. It doesn't have to be bodybuilding. It doesn't have to be powerlifting strong, man. It's just like you said, yeah. dude, you were going around just freaking moving around, you know, like I could picture it, picture it in there, like doing some sets, like, you know, jumping jacks or whatever and not knowing what the hell you're doing, but it still worked for you. And people need to know, like, it doesn't have to be these big time fitness, um, you know, realms. Like it just like the huge statistics that we always talk about is, if you do any type of physical activity for 22 to 25 minutes a day, it can help fight depression up to 25%. That's huge. You know, and then you yeah. add in all those other parts of the square and that that's slowly over time. So, you know, I really, 100%. you know, thank you for, for bringing that up because that was such a huge oh, yeah. component where people need to hear that. And especially if, you know, you have a buddy or a friend or a family member where they think everything is, you know, together, you know, no one knows, no, no one, first of all, it's no one knows anything. No one knows anything about anybody. They don't, they don't read their mind. They don't go home at night with them. They don't, you know, brush their teeth. Who knows? Maybe those people aren't even brushing their teeth. So you don't know what people, <laughs> who, how they feel, who they are. Just because they post something on Instagram, an egogram means like their life is good. A lot of it is a cover, a lot of, a lot of it is a cover up and bu bullshit, you know, like, you know, mm -hmm. once I started taking responsibility and saying things and talking about my journey and everything and, realizing you know i wasn't alone that's where start things started getting better is talking about your faults and everything not just trying to hide it and cope with it so yeah, i'm really glad comes with maturity. that you brought that up yeah man. it comes yeah, with maturity on that and that's the problem and i mean i'm sure to you know it's got to be like this um you know in, in civilian law enforcement side too but like in the military not just in security forces but across the board it is i mean talked about from day one doesn't matter who you talking to from you know your supervisors or just co-workers but it is like if you have mental issues mental health issues shut up because they're going you're going to lose at least in security forces you're going to lose your ability to carry a weapon and if you lose your ability to carry a weapon for so long you're no longer going to be able to be in security forces which means you're going to yep. be transitioned out or you're going to be reclassed in a different career field um, yep. and it's going to look bad on your record and all this blah 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 so all this stigma around mental health uh, when after the fact like learning after the fact that unfortunately you're they're telling all these guys this and all the women this right so people are like not seeking help at all and everywhere you turn you're just like oh actually you know mental health clinic 
is saying, you know, is in trying to encourage people to reach out. And you learn after the um, after the fact that, oh, well, when, now that I've gone to the VA, if I would have done X, Y, Z, I would be much better positioned now uh, yep. to deal with mental health issues. And it's so, so, it's so sad because if I would have just not listened to some of the, the voices and actually sought help, I, I would have been a million times better off, a million times better off. And it's, it sucks, especially, you know, you know, the things that we see in, uh, as law enforcement officers, like, I mean, it could be detrimental in itself, but then you tack on your own uh, mental yeah. health issues, your own personal relationships and all of that. And I mean, it, it gets to be bad. And I always use this um, reference, like I, I, the, so many times have I responded to suicides and suicide attempts and it, I mean, it's terrible. Sometimes, and some of them have been friends, have been coworkers, not just people I don't know. And it's terrible to go in there and see it. But like, when you're that close to to that, you know, when you're close to suicide like that, and then you have your own personal problems, that relationship, that that those two things start to meld together and then it becomes even more of a challenge to not have those thoughts of your own personal choices right and so it's like you need mental health options as therapy even more so now because of what you have been exposed to yeah. um so yeah i mean and yeah after the fact even uh, yeah i could talk about that for a while mental health is just we need to do so much more there i mean uh it's funny you brought that up because that whole like stigma, you know, in, in law enforcement that if you do mention that, you know, you need, you want to talk to somebody or you, or, you know, you could potentially lose your job or, mm -hmm. uh, or, you know, be modified in some, in some sense and lose a position. Um, I think it's kind of changing now just because of the last, like, I want to say 24 right. months, uh, you know, we've had a high rate of uh, police suicide. So they're starting to pay attention to it now. Mm -hmm. um, and you're seeing more and more guys coming forward saying that they need to speak to somebody, which is a That's good thing good. because, you know, I've been on 15 years, 15 years ago, you weren't hearing that at all. Yeah. So we're starting to see a, a, you know, a little bit of a shift and, um, back to what Frankie was saying with, with, with movement, I always say this movement is medicine. Um, you know, not only is it going to help your mental health, it's also going to help your physical health. So, mm -hmm. um, for, for me, I know my day isn't right until I get a workout in. Um, or, or I'm not, you know, I'm doing something to release those endorphins to make sure so because I work evenings, I want to make sure I go into work on, on like an endorphin high, making sure that I come with a positive mindset and I'm, I'm, I'm in a place of neutrality because if I, yep. if I come in with a chip on my shoulder, that's definitely going to affect the way I police and the way I deal with people. So I like to come in with some, yes. you know, yeah, some mental clarity and make sure, I, you know, that I'm, I'm moving and. And that I'm releasing these endorphins so that now when I come into work, I'm in a good mental space and I also feel good physically. So yep. I am 1000% prepared for what the day is going to bring me because, you know, especially now we don't know what we're going to encounter. Yeah. And it, it's almost like you, you, you add in all the external stressors, right? You mentioned some of the like at home stuff. And now when you turn on the TV or you pick up your phone, you know, our timelines are filled with negative police rhetoric mm -hmm. and, you know, violent images, you know, and, you know, if you, depending on where you work, you, you see a lot of violence 
and you see, you know, society not at its best. Right. So that takes a toll on your mental health. And yeah. then, and then you start to realize, like, if you talk to a cop from day one to day five, or day one to year five, they are such a different person than they were when they walked into that precinct or into that command. Because now you're starting to, you, you're exposed to all this, this trauma, because that's what it is, mm-hmm. right? And then you, you, you tend to become jaded and, and like, you'll hear guys making, um, you know, it's weird. They have like, um, if they make a joke about something is if, if a normal person heard the joke, oh, yeah. there's a God, little like, more their to, Yeah, they would lose their mind. That's but, TMZ you know, right there. Yeah. It's like, but this is the that things line. that you're exposed to and you're constantly seeing. So. You know, I think that's a way of some people internalizing it. They make light of certain situations. And yeah. that's not really, that's not healthy. You know what I mean? No. So no. They're trying to cope unhealthy. Yeah, exactly. That's coping. It, defense exactly. mechanism. Yeah. 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 So I, I always pay attention to, you know, the, the verbiage that people use around me. And if I'm ever on a heavy job and, and you know, it's something that, I, that we saw that was very traumatic. I asked dudes after the job, hey, man, how you feeling? You okay? You need right. to talk about anything? That culture yep. didn't exist a decade ago. Guys were just like, all right, kid, they pat you on the back and send you on your way. Yeah. So so now that's starting to change. So I, I, I do see a little bit of it, but I'm glad you and guys those mentioned are the things that, that lead to bad habits. Yes, bad, exactly. Poor yeah. choices and addictive choices. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And then you end up, you know, sitting at a bar instead of sitting down yes. in, a, in, in, a, in a focus group talking about, you know, what you saw today, or, you know, and how that made you feel. Guys are downing yep. beers, you know, and unfortunately, yeah, you know, putting themselves in a bad position. They, you know, makes it worse mentally, and then it, you know, only compounds physically. Physically, yeah, exactly. So it's you know, it's a double whammy if you think about it, you know. Yep. Oh yeah. Are you guys hear me okay on this? A little, a little bit. Sounded like a robot, bro. Yeah. Yeah, but you sounded like Transformers is going on over there, kid. Oh, because Except I put on the on. mic. Uh, clear. It's a little Decepticon-ish. All right, we'll just go with the regular. Um, yeah, go there. That would have worked. Uh, before we wrap up, Andrew, I wanted to hear we I, just kind of take us through, I guess, the Titan Games experience real quick on um, oh, yeah, sure. the you're doing and kind of oh, how how it okay. kind of just happened, you know? Because I was really, that's uh, really yeah, freaking off. It it's happened. awesome, man. Yeah, it just like um, woke up one day and here you are we're talking the rock. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, yeah, man, I'll try to be real quick. So like, I um, we were living in Atlanta. I was going to school at Georgia Tech. My wife had moved uh, over there. Man, oh man, skipped real real quick. So got out of the military, continued into the guard because I had met my now wife. Um, so I continued to serve uh, as a guard member. Mm-hmm. And um, during that time frame, I finished my undergrad at Arizona State University. I moved to D.C. for a year. I got to actually work um, at the um, under the president at that time. So I was in the Office of Science and Technology Policy in the White House uh, for the Obama administration. So I spent wow. a year in D.C., which was really unique. Um, and during that year, I, I, I like to brag, I didn't touch a barbell for an entire year felt amazing. Wow. All I did was calisthenic workouts. I was running through the parks, things like that. So 
Um, it was a nice break from, you know, traditional types of training. I think it gave my body some time to heal too. But um, after that, you went to Atlanta and I proceeded to go to graduate school at Georgia Tech. And while I was there, I did what I did in California. I walked into the first CrossFit gym, the, the closest CrossFit gym, and I said, hey, you know, like, I'm CrossFit certified, you know, but I, I do strongman. Can I bring in some equipment? Can I teach some classes? And they were all about it. And so mm -hmm. for three years, I was down there at CrossFit Identity, um, you know, in the back corner doing strongman stuff and, you know, doing classes one to two times a week uh, for, for their athletes. Um, and during that period, so there had some really awesome athletes there and Brianna, now Brianna Evans, uh, or I'm sorry, uh, Brianna, Brianna Evans, who is now Brianna Wallen, um, is, a she was a regional CrossFit competitor. Um, yep. she's, a, she's awesome. She's a badass. Mm -hmm. She, uh, she, she tapped me on the shoulder. She said, Hey, like, I've got to do this weird tryout um for something but i can't tell you what it is can you like run me through some strongman uh movements that way i'm familiar with like odd objects uh yeah. you know type of lifts and so we did it and of course like she goes she comes out and she tells me she's like okay so i'm doing this thing it's called the titan games and the rock is hosting it um and so she went and she did her tryouts she did great and then she came back and she's like, oh, yeah, you, you should try out for this. You should put your name on the list. And so I was like, all right, let me check this out. Mind you, this is in 2017, right before um, they, they do the airing in January of 2018. Um, yeah. So I go on their website and I see it. I'm like, okay, let me submit my name. Submit my name. I put in some videos of me training. And that was that. Um, fast forward fall 2019, I've now moved up to the Philadelphia area and have just started working at this community college and they reach out to me and they say, Hey, you, you still interested? We're about to do season two. I'm like, it's been like two years. Like, hell yeah, I'm still interested. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm all about it. <laughs> yep. So, uh, you know, they, they did a bunch of questionnaires with me. They had me do this really long uh, video on just who I am. They're like, you know, we, we see you physically, but like, who are you inside? So I had to do this, you know, um, this video kind of explaining my path and things like that. And they said, okay, you know what? You sound, you sound like a good person, genuine person. We're going to bring you out to LA for the trials, which they, they call the, the Titan Combine. Um, basically, it was a single day event where they had us go through, a, I think, eight different types of um, kind of uh, physical tests, you know, okay. running, a deadlift, 40 meter sprint, different types of optical obstacle courses, um, some weird stuff uh, like swinging from ropes and, and whatnot, uh, you know, fun things. And um, that was their opportunity to one, call BS if you're not physically fit, <laughs> but two, also seeing the individuals in the flesh. Like, are you the same on, on Instagram and media and all the videos as you are in person? What's your energy like? What's your personality like? How do yeah, you get a lot of people, others? a lot of people, uh, they're not the same person in person. If you look at their Fact. Instagram and you see them in person, it's like, whoa, Fact. who's that oh, guy man. that's on my phone? Cause it's not the guy I'm looking at. 
Oh man, agreed, agreed. Yeah, yeah so go ahead. They, I'm sorry. <laughs> they, no, you're good. They they invited sixty of us uh, out to LA for that tr the combine. There were thirty 60. men, thirty women. Okay. And um, they only chose eighteen men and eighteen women to proceed on for the actual. And so about ten days after the combine happened, they called back up and they said, you know, hey, we're sorry to you know inform you. Uh, you know, this is like terrible part of our job. This guy, he was so funny. One of the producers, uh, you know, it's the worst part of my job, Andrew. Uh, I have to call everybody uh, and do this, but uh, you did make the show. And I was like, this guy, I'm to find out, you know, he'd done this every single one of us. <laughs> it's like, thanks for making us anxious. So <laughs> we, we did the, the filming in Atlanta. So it was like, great, I just left this city. I got to go back. <laughs> but uh, they, they brought us all down to Atlanta to, to compete and, you know, men and women. And we were down there for about three and a half weeks, four weeks, maybe. And yeah, it was very, very interesting. Day one, it's like, all right, these are the wardrobes you're going to bring. You know, this is, you know, these are the days you're going to compete. These When the days you aren't competing, you're going to be doing you know, uh, different interviews, or you're going to be doing, they call B-roll walkthroughs, so you're doing pictures, yep. and like, you know, when you see us walking through, like, the stadium, like, all these things happen at different points, and then they just stitch it all together, um, but then, you know, then we got to do the, com the competitions themselves, the, the actual, the individual challenges, the head-to-heads, the and that was, I mean, it was exhilarating. Uh, it was a blast to kind of go up there and test out these different types of events that you'll never get to do anywhere else because yeah the, the engineering that goes behind them you know that i mean they're huge events too um you couldn't even fit half of these you probably couldn't fit in a gym yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. so yeah it was it was really cool it was also really interesting to see how that's all done behind stage or behind the camera because now yeah. i feel like I look at TV a lot different Differently, than I yeah. used to. And I um, appreciate it though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was a there was a, a part where I saw you guys working out in like a CrossFit gym down there. Um now now what like did they set up like all right, you guys gotta work out at certain times? Like 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 what was that about? Oh I noticed no. like they, I saw they didn't they didn't build in <laughs> <laughs> they didn't build in any time for us to do training on our own. And people, people were still training. Like I was training for a strongman contest. People were training for the up and coming Wadapalooza event. Yeah, you know, so yeah, there was yeah. a lot going on. Um, but no, a lot I, of fitness. I, thankfully I had my connections in Atlanta. You know, I've been to half the gyms in that city and, you know, I called up CrossFit identity. I said, Hey, do you mind if yeah, I bring so like, you know, the legends, Margo and Matt Chan and, you know, yeah. Kelly Stone, bring all these friends, you know, up here. And they're like, what are you guys doing all here? And I was, you know, Titan Games. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and so, yeah, I think, I mean, a few times a week, 10 to 15 of us, we, we trip up to CrossFit Identity and we'd work out yeah, there. Yeah, I saw that. I thought that yeah. was pretty awesome, man. Yeah, the, 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 the film that you see, you see us doing all the training actually in the gym, the actual B-roll filming, like, you know, those are all mm. fake weights and whatnot. And yeah. they all laugh so hard. So they're like, you know, what do you want to do for your B-roll? Do you want to like do jumping jacks or jump rope? Like, what, what do you want to do? And I'm like, uh, I can just squat or something. And they're like, okay, cool. So they're loading up these fake plates 
on the barbell. Oh, <laughs> no, man. I was just laughing like, all right, cool, cool. And they're like, two plates is good, right? I was like, I mean, I'm a strongman committer. Come on, like, put like five plates on there. And they look at me and they're like, you can't squat five plates. And I was like, bro, are you kidding me? <laughs> so I, awesome. I told them, you know, I'm like, do the math. Like, that's how much it would look like in real life. And uh, they're, they still, they, they're like, we'll put four plates on there. Four plates is believable. I'm like, okay. But then one of the girls they have, she's benching three plates. And I'm like, really? <laughs> just repping out 315. Yeah. So it was really amusing. I mean, everything was a fake weight. I've never seen it look so real, though. It was, it was interesting. Hey, man, it's, it's, it's part of the presentation, you know? That's all gotta, it's about. It's got to look, gotta and, make, you know, got to make them look like Titans. Them, they came up to me and they got aerosol water and they're like spraying water on you. Like, you gotta look like a sweat, man. I'm like, oh my gosh. It's a joke. Oh, that, dude, that's priceless. That's funny. Man. Yeah, it was good though. It's priceless. Yeah. What was, your, what was your favorite event? My favorite event by far was the Herculean pool, which I, I lost. Um, it was the best event because I think that that was one where like, going into it i knew that they had that event in season one i'm like oh that would be something i i would like to do i'd like to try that particular event so it's the one you you run up to it you're kind of uh, on a wedge and there's yeah. poles through each, either side and you pull the poles out and then the it, yeah, last yeah. one is a kind of like a tug of war pole um and uh my competitor is this badass long drive golfer guy uh his name is ryan steenberg and mm -hmm. I mean, huge individual. His nickname is Razorback because he's so big. Wow. He, uh, you know, him and I went on head to head. That was our tiebreaker match. So I had won a match, he had won a match. And then this was to kind of see who would move forward. And um, I mean, we were up there. It's interesting because the clips that they, they show on television are only three, four minutes long at most. We were up there almost 15 minutes, just back and forth tugging on this and holy crap you, crazy you know watching it and looking at it you're like oh like that doesn't seem like it would be that hard but your grip starts to go yeah. you're i mean you you can't breathe. Yeah. when you fall off and we me and him were both falling off more than they even showed you go to climb back up this little i mean it's a very very slight incline but you we couldn't even climb i was like using my elbows to climb back up this ladder not even these little steps so it was so amusing but like that was the one where it's just like all out head to head like just get it done uh and i mean afterwards like that feeling that of just pure like emptiness because you know you have left it all out um, there like me and him we just i think we probably were out there for like 30 minutes after the event because we were just so gassed from going <laughs> but it was awesome it was awesome probably my favorite event i actually had to do i had to do a fourth event because he had torn his bicep uh during oh. during the challenges and so um before i was like on my way home the the morning before the night before my flight which was in the morning the producers yeah. called me back and he said hey like he might not be able to proceed but he's gonna try um, can you stay here on standby? And if anything, you'll take his place. And so I did mm -hmm. stay there on standby and I did the fourth event, um, which was like a three-way tiebreaker, um, hammer down event. 
which is where like you hit the poles and they fall, fall and then you climb up. Um, yeah. So I, fortunately, I got to do four events, which is kind of nice. Um, Would have liked to try that Mount Olympus full speed against good old Will. He's yeah. Lucky. <laughs> but uh, did not get that opportunity. Um, but yeah, it was it was an interesting event. It was surreal. I think the best thing about it, like, and I, I'm sure they're all saying the same things, like the best thing about the Titan Games was not the Titan Games. It was the people uh, that w- were there. It was the competitors. And I mean, says. we have become so just cohesive. We talk, it doesn't stop. I bet you if I undisturb my phone right now, I've got 30 messages. Like it doesn't <laughs> stop with the, you know, the group communications and we have, you know, side offs and one offs and whatnot. It's led to, you know, some more of these, some more of the athletes getting different types of sponsors and things like that. Yeah. We're all helping each other in different ways. And we're all there for each other, especially through all these times, you know, uh, I think we've, we've, we've connected in the past already for a reunion, small reunion. There's another one coming yeah. up, you know, in a month, like we're making sure you guys did we, like a lake house or something, right? Yeah. Yeah. We sure yeah, did. That looked pretty fun. I was watching that uh, via Instagram. Yeah, it that looked great. like a good time. It was, really I know they got another one coming up soon. Um, I mean, there's so much that just, we could take away from the relationships that were built and, I tried to convey that directly to Dwayne, um, the rock. And, you know, it's like, I I appreciate the games and the opportunity to compete on television, but I don't think you realize what you created amongst these athletes. Uh, and that's the real value. Yeah. The camaraderie and that fellowship. I mean, Oh yeah. That's, that's what sports was all about. And, you know, exactly. I, I see like the growth since everybody's been off that show. Like everyone's been growing exponentially. So, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. it's, it's great that you mentioned that because I started to see like everybody's Instagram started to pick up some opportunities with sponsors and so on. So, you know, yep. being on that show has opened up several doors. And the fact that you guys still kind of keep in communication is great because, you know, that's how you keep that going. That's how you keep that, uh, that fellowship uh, pushing forward, you know? That's right. No, 100%. 100%. Dude, that's awesome, man. That's uh, I was gonna ask you how the rock was. That's you probably got that question all the time. Like, how was he as a person? That's the number one probably, question. Yeah, always. <laughs> that's the number one question. I mean, he was cool. Um, I mean, he definitely carries a presence with him. I think other people give him more credit than I would. Um, I mean, he's he's a nice guy. He's a humble guy. He's straightforward. He's not as big in person as he is on screen. No, I'll say that. But I mean, anybody who's big is next it, to Kevin Hart. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but uh but you know i mean he carries a presence with him but i think that that presence is demanding of just who he is as a as a figure you know so he walks around with you know like the small little entourage of people that demand a presence so it's like all the eyes are on him just because of who he is um but he's still he is he's quite soft-spoken right like he you can tell when he's talking off the cuff that he's very mindful about the things that he says and how he says them because Mm -hmm. there's always somebody or something you know camera wise pointed at him so he's you know he's very very thoughtful in that regard um but yeah i mean he's he's just like us he's just human at the end of the day you know and he's trying to make the best uh by that he can by by his own fans and whatnot and he's trying to leave his legacy his his empire so to speak um and he's doing a good job 
I think that, you know, at the end of the day, I hate, I, you know, I hate it when people like godify some of these celebrities. Um, and it kind of bothers me because it, it gives them a platform uh to which they sometimes abuse but i don't think that the rock has done that even though he might have that all right sure people have godified pedalized him so to speak um he is he is very conscious about how he speaks and communicates and how he engages um and so you know you got to give him mad respect for that i think matt chan said it once uh when we were in la for the trial the, the titan combine we were at dinner the night after and he's just like i would not want to be that man because the hustle that he has to keep up with that he's created for himself is just yeah man insane you yeah. know he never stops stops yeah it's like he lives multiple lives yep yep yeah, think about it. he just took on the XFL, so like that's a whole nother yeah, yeah, like <laughs> you know, my man's doing blockbuster movies, you know, also oh doing the Titan games, and then you want to pick up the XFL. I mean, it's a he, lot of work. I don't man. know what he was thinking oh. with that. We're gonna yeah. see, but yeah, we'll yeah we see. will see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so yeah, he was cool. <laughs> awesome, awesome. You're gonna do the question rundown, Frankie, or what? Yeah, I just had my phone ringing. I didn't want to have four, oh, okay. four rings in the back. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I was I was going to say first, Andrew, uh, you know, thanks, man, for coming on the show and, uh, yeah. you know, everything you did and your service and uh, being so humble. It's, it's really, you know, motivational and inspiring, man. Um, and definitely it's just the beginning, you know, so you have a, a really crazy and awesome journey ahead of you. But before we Not usually that. wrap up, we, we ask a few questions. Uh, so our listeners get to get to know you more, more personal sure. questions. A little rapid fire. Uh, so, yeah, so yeah, get fire. ready, man. I think you're going to be a little, right. uh, you're going to be uh, intrigued on these. Uh, oh, basic right. one, basic, basic ones first. What's your favorite movie or two movies if you had to pick? Come to the top of your head. Oh, what's my favorite movie? You know, yeah. I don't really have a favorite movie. I'd have to say one movie that I really I haven't watched in a long time that I really enjoy is The Majestic by, with Jim Carrey. The Majestic? I'm going to write the that Majestic down. The Majestic with seen Jim Carrey. It. it is a very, I think a lot of people can relate to the, the, to the messages that are in that story. Um, and that was the first movie that I ever cried at, cried watching. Okay. Really? Because, yeah, there's just, and maybe it's, you know, just due to like the, the types of life experiences that I've had right. that, you know, I relate to, but The Majestic, definitely. Okay, got you. Jim Carrey. Otherwise, give me Justin. action. <laughs> All right. It is a slow right. movie, but whew, yeah. Anyways, what's next? Second question, Frankie. Got my, got my phone ringing. I don't want to. <laughs> You're good. All right, stop. There we go. Uh, second question. Uh, favorite, favorite, no, let's go with uh, if you have one meal to eat for the rest of your life every single day. Healthy or unhealthy, what's it gonna be? Sushi. Sushi. <laughs> yep. That's the first. Good. I like that. That's a good one. Hands down. Hands down. What kind of roll? Uh Eel probably gonna be some cure. kind of spicy tuna, some yellowtail. Uh, uh I do like eel hand rolls, little unagi. I love that. Nothing that's right, deep fried. No if it, if you if you're eating deep fried or cream cheese, 
rolls, it's not sushi. Like. It's not sushi, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sashimi, that ain't man. real Let's sushi. One, uh, one, main com one main compound move with an accessory to do every single day if you're, recover if you're able to with your recovery. One That's main compound move and an accessory every day. Yep. Those are the only two um, you have. Yep. The main compound move, can it be a variation? I mean, I would say any variation of a, yeah. of a squat. So, you know, back squat with a barbell or a camber bar or a safety bar uh, mm. of some sort or, you know, belt squat, not a leg press, not a leg press. I'm going to be very clear, not a hack yeah. squat or a leg press, a bar. <laughs> gotcha. Um, and then uh, is it some kind of accessory? I, I would say, uh, you know, it's, it's either going to be hanging leg raises. Oh. Not toes to bar kind of style, but like l legit nice slow hanging leg raise or dragon flags. Oh, you know, man. Bruce Lee. Ooh, Only because, that is some you know, extreme so core like, right there, buddy. Something to that degree, even like a rollout, you know, an ab rollout would count. Okay, but I like, like that. The, the 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 type the the dip the discipline and, and just focus that it takes to do dragon flags, uh, and just to endure with some hanging leg raises. I mean, you got to hit core, and if you're gonna do yeah, it, absolutely. you might as well just do it right. <laughs> I like those. I like those. Yeah. That's the first time someone said core on here, Jay. Yeah, no, that's what I was like gonna say. He's the first time I missed yeah. No kidding. Yeah. That's yeah. oh, like over 20 of these now. 20 of them. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you had one person to meet, dead or alive, who would it be? One person to hang out with? Teddy Roosevelt. Teddy Roosevelt. Teddy Roosevelt. Teddy All right. There's just something about him. He is just a badass. Uh, and, you know, I think there's – yeah, if you could actually have a conversation with him, I'd be really curious. He's just, he's an individual who could persuade anyone for anything. So, yeah. you know, learning and talking and just kind of, I think, especially in today's environment, those kind of skills, those, that would be really valuable. But Absolutely. also, I appreciate the hell he was an outdoorsman, and I love yep. that. He was blind in one yeah. eye. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the only president to be blind in one eye. Yeah, man. Yep. Yeah, hey, that, that's just crazy. He's a good one. I actually found that out on a Snapple fact. I had it, and then I was like, I'm pretty sure it's Teddy Roosevelt, and I Googled it, and it was. Like it was a Snapple fact. I knew that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like, yeah. They still make that so, drink? Yeah, yeah, they're still making. Oh, man. They went to plastic, they went to plastic uh, bottles. They no longer okay. do glass. Oh, interesting. Yeah, it's very much. Time ago. Very I mean, I haven't had Snapple. Yeah, I haven't had one in probably a decade. I think Man. it's been a legit decade since I've Good had stuff. One. Yeah, nice. If if you came to, when you if you came to New York and me and, and me and Jerry were like, yo, what up, man? And we un unraveled this freaking giant machine, at, and all of a sudden it was a time machine. If you have one area, uh, one time frame to go to, that's who you are now. Where are you gonna go? It could be ten years ago. It could be a hundred years ago. It could be okay. back at the start of time. Anywhere. But um, you're going on who you are now. I would say, oh man, that's kind of rough. It would be maybe three hundred or so BC. Um, Greece. Wow. Greece, Roman uh, regions, the Mediterranean. Um, yes, yeah, somewhere that's around me. there. 
that's where that's what I want to go. Yeah, I'm a big history be, uh, buff, so it's like, um, you know, they talk about demigods and things of that nature. I would love to yeah. see like Achilles, Hercules, hundred percent. Like oh, yeah. I would, I, I would, I would love to be around it. Like, yeah, this is the guy they said could kill a hundred men with a single bow and arrow. Yeah, you yeah. don't look that big to me, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> that's what I want to see. You know, I appreciate that time and you know the you know all of the stories and things that come from that time and uh, I I think also the architecture that comes from that time period yeah. too, but yeah, just the, I mean imagine that was a time where in a place where it didn't matter where you were or when you were there was war everywhere there was war, yeah. and just to I mean imagine a a, a field uh, or you know an environment like that where it didn't matter where you tried to escape to but. You know, and so every village, every town, every city had, you know, you know, I don't know. It just seems like it would be a really interesting time and place to be culture-wise, exactly too. To go. Exactly. To like, what kind of training were they doing? Yeah, <laughs> you know? exactly. Even more. Like, yeah, I want to know you said that. how Spartans yeah. used to train or the Myrmidons, you oh, know, like, yep. like, what was their training regimen looking like back in the day? You know what I mean? Exactly. That always, that always is like some of the world's greatest warriors. And go and back and just, like, just go sit on a ledge of Thermopylae and just watch from below or watch from above. Yeah, see, yeah, see if the yeah, story absolutely. is accurate. Yep, yep. Leonidas in that one that. <laughs> Yep. I, I, I got to see it. I got to see it. That's exactly yeah. where I was I was just watching awesome Troy answer. yesterday, actually. Troy was, I was watching the, the part with Achilles with one of his battles. So it's funny you said that. And then Jay yeah. pulled that right out. So, and I <laughs> got. Awesome. My tattoo is the Greek Minotaur, so that's what the oh, big nice. life story around that. So that's awesome, uh, Andrew. It was an uh, honor and you know great time to chat chat with you. And again, thank you for your service, yeah. man. Um, Likewise, thank you both. Thank you, man. I had a I had a blast, man. You were you were actually a really good uh, guest, man. You had some yeah. great insight, some great answers. Um, I think our listeners are really going to enjoy this, man. So thank that's you. awesome. I had a good time. It was a good therapy session for me too. Yeah, I got it all well, out. There you man. go, man. Don't <laughs> yeah. don't let don't let everyone know our secrets. All right. <laughs> sounds good. Everyone everyone knows where to find me. Uh, as always, I'm Frank. Uh, you can find me at reps underscore four underscore responders. Big man J. Where can they find you? You can find me on Instagram, the real John Man J. Andrew, where can they find you? Uh, I'm also on Instagram, uh, heinous underscore strength. All right, my man. So all right, you have it. Know. Inside the Labyrinth podcast, closing out another great guest. Um, thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for following, subscribe. Um, you know, Frankie's got some shirts. We got some shirts coming out. So, yes, it goes up. Links in the bio. Andrew, be safe out there, man. Keep training hard. Love to see it, man. Oh, and congrats on that. Uh, on the on the games you just did. Uh, I saw you. You got third place or whatever you said you weren't going to do. Oh it. yeah, the Highland Games competing. last yeah. weekend. Yep. Awesome that stuff, is, man. I do it all. <laughs> <Got the magician. laughs> Thank you. All right, guys. Be safe. Have a good day. See ya. All you right, too. brother. Have a good one. Bye now. Later.